In this episode, we discuss body image, body dysmorphia, and a whole range of body-related things. So if this is something that's sensitive for you or triggering for you, please take care of yourself as you're listening to this. And if you need to pass this week, we'll be here again next week with a new episode. I kept going like from store to store to store being like, well, maybe this store will be different and maybe this store will be, will be different, but like none of them are different because it was still me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Pamela Anderson now. Really? I'm obsessed with her. I'm why? obsessed with I mean, I, strong I, I ass women why. in general. And I've been watching so many documentaries and reading so many things and listening to so many memoir audiobooks of like women in the public eye that have gone through shit. Mm. And we saw them in a specific way at the time. And now we see them in a different way. Yeah. Did you listen to the oh. Dax and Monica show? Oh my God. They, they talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Lot. I watched the Pamela Anderson documentary. Yeah. I listened to her on Armchair Expert. Did you listen to the Paris Hilton one? I listened to the Paris Hilton one. That's I watched the too. Paris Hilton documentary. Mm. I listened to Jessica Simpson's audiobook. Yeah. I'm excited for Minka Kelly's audiobook. I love the C word. Everyone listening, pay five or six dollars a month, whatever the hell it is, to get Luminary. This is a plug for another podcast, but the C word, I talk about this all the time. It's Lena Le- Dunham's podcast. Yeah, Lena yeah. Dunham and Alyssa Bennett. And they quote unquote go into the trash heap of history and gossip. These women that we've kind of vilified or seen in a specific way throughout history and like giving them context. There's also a really great episode of Meghan Markle's podcast, Archetypes, on the word bimbo. Mm. And she she interviews, you know what, I think actually maybe Pamela Anderson, but I know definitely Paris Hilton, mm. and they talk. And it is a great episode. All of that stuff fascinates me. It fascinates me. And it makes me look at how I used to view these people. Even um, listening to Monica Lewinsky on Armchair Expert yeah. opened my freaking eyes. I was six years old, seven years old when that happened. And I remember very specifically holding it in my mind, like, this woman's bad. That's what I thought. Monica Lewinsky? Yeah, I was like, this woman did something bad and hurt the president. That's literally wow. the the narrative in my mind. And I was young. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. That's a powerful memory. When I think of Monica Lewinsky, I think of something very different. What do you think of? I think of, so my grandma, my oma, that's an important distinction. I have my Grammy and my Oma. Yeah. My Oma used to work in government and she was very high up in government. So she would meet the president all the time. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time of Bill Clinton. She was the city manager of DC. So she was a very powerful position. And uh, she went and met Clinton around the time of Monica Lewinsky. And they were like standing in a receiving line and Clinton was like going down. And he said to my Oma, he said, I've been reading a lot about you in the press lately. And my Oma, being the ballsy ass woman that she is, said, yeah, I've been reading a lot about you too. <laughs> oh my God. Praise so be. That's what I think of when I think of Monica Lewinsky because oh my, God. my grandma talked back to the president. <laughs> that like, gives me butterflies in my tummy. Yeah. She is definitely a very bold woman. Oh, I really love that. Yeah. It's awesome. So very different. I think the way that I internalized what happened with Monica Lewinsky is based around that lens versus the one that you had. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I don't even know that it was my parents. I don't know. I just remember like kind of taking it in somehow through the news and that, the that was the that was the narrative. That was the narrative, yeah. And so to go back and listen, oof. Have you seen the impeachment Beanie Feldstein? I started watching it. I'm not a sorry everyone, I'm not a huge Ryan Murphy fan. Yeah, I just didn't care for it all the way. I didn't finish it, so I don't know. But I think just listening to Monica Lewinsky on Armchair Expert. I sent it to lots of people. I posted it on Instagram and it just was one of those things that I was like, God, that's how I held this story. And now I'm like, this woman is so fucking strong and so brave. And And like, can you imagine? She's 22, 23. And the president of the United States and like the power imbalance there, like the fact that the media ever allowed yeah, I mean, I, it's a whole there's no thing. point in even saying this because we all feel the same way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it is so unjust. Yes. And so fucked up that she was put through what she was put through. Yeah. When somebody else took advantage of her. Yeah. And manipulated her. Yes. Manipulated her. Clinton. And also, like, another part of this is that Bill. I'm sorry, but he was charming. Okay. Yeah, he was a charming. charming man. He was fun. Now, I can understand the complexity of that kind of situation, Mm -hmm. whereas I would not have been able to understand the complexity of it before. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but the power of context, the power of context in all things. I feel like we could talk about this for hours, actually, because now I'm about to go down another rabbit hole, which I'm not going to do because this is just the beginning of the episode. Let's just let's just move into the epi because this is going to be a heavy one, everyone. Welcome to (laughs) Monica Lewinsky to the topic that we're talking about today, which is body image. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Wouldn't We Like to Know with Ariel and Linda. The podcast where we get honest, deep, and curious about life's big conversations. Because we don't have to do it alone. And this conversation, we are talking about crying. (laughs) We're talking about body image. And we both cried during this episode. Spoiler. We both cried. It's a heavy one. We talk about some recent experiences that we've both had with our bodies and the way that we view them and think about them. Yeah, it's a heavy one. (laughs) It is a heavy one. But yeah, it kind of opened up with this is something I don't want to share because I feel shameful. Mm -hmm. So like, let's share it anyway. (laughs) And uh, I guess I trust all of you listening to hold this very gently. And I I strongly, I strongly, yeah, I strongly believe that all of you will do so. And I really hope that. I don't hope that some of you relate to this, but I know that some of you probably will relate to this. And so that's the reason for sharing these things. Hold us gently in this because like Ariel just said, this feels really vulnerable and really difficult to share. And partway through this episode, I was crying and I was like, I don't even know if I can say this stuff because it it feels so close to my heart and close to my best. So hold us gently. And I think you will. I know that you yeah. will, actually. Yeah. We also go into the ways that both of us would prefer to be held in these kinds of situations, like in, yeah. in friendships and relationships. And um, my hope is that maybe that gives you insight in how to 
maybe approach yourself or approach a friend or just to get clear on what it is that you need in those kinds of situations, Mm -hmm. if nothing else. Because again, this podcast is not prescriptive and all of this ends with us saying that we don't have any answers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, I know that we've already done a trigger warning at the top of this episode, but just want to reiterate that, like, please take care of yourself as you're listening to this. And if that means skipping this week's episode, please feel free to do that. We'll be here again next week uh, with another episode. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Having said all that, if you're liking what you hear, please subscribe, leave us a review, rate us, all of the things. Yeah. And you can find us on Instagram at wouldn't we like to know um, and email us with any of your questions at wouldn't we like to know at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Love you all. We'll see you on the other side. Ariel, have I ever told you that when I was in college, I was like obsessed with skincare, like to the point where I started making YouTube videos about skincare. And I even my first job out of college was at this high end beauty retailer. Like I was obsessed. I knew about the YouTube channel, but I was not that cool when I was younger. I really started focusing on my skincare routine when I reached my late 20s. And I feel like I've finally fallen into a groove with the products that work for me. One of my very favorite places to order them is Dermstore. Yes, I love Dermstore. They have one of my favorite products that's super hard to find. It's the pie eye cream. And I get eczema on my eyes in the winter, and it's the only thing that helps. I'm really happy for you. Thanks. (laughs) One of my favorite features they have is auto replenish. Not only super handy, but you can also get 15% off tons of popular products when you sign up for it. Like my Obagi vitamin C serum and Vitabrow eyebrow conditioner, which I swear by. Guys, you can't see her eyebrows, but she's the queen of brows, so just trust her on that. Also, when you become a member, every time you make a purchase, you get Durham store dollars. So essentially cash credits that you can use towards any purchase. Take 15% off your first order of $50 or more when you use our link, which you can find in our show notes or via the link in our Instagram bio. Okay, now back to the show. Yesterday, I went and got a facial. I texted you that. I went to go shopping in person after that. And I texted you that I haven't done that in a really long time. And it's funny because like I used to do that. I don't know. I remember being being in college and like after class or something, going somewhere and like trying on clothes, whatever. And now I really, I don't purchase a lot of new things, but if I do, it's usually like online. And so I was excited to go try things on in person. Yeah. And then when I got to the places and tried things on in person, I had like a very uh, shitty time. Mm. I had a super shitty time. At Aritzia. Well, I went to a... So it's a whole thing because I started at Aritzia. I ended up buying a dress that I really like. So that's good. It's so cute. I saw it. It's adorable. Yeah. And then I went to free people. Like I was on... I was right around Union Square. So I hit up all of these places. Yes. I hit up all these places and it started in Aritzia where I would put something on and I would, in Aritzia it fucking sucks because they don't have a, a mirror in the, I, it's the worst. in the dressing room. You yeah. have to get out and there's like a line of people waiting to get in to try things on. It's so a there's great like a sales whole, tactic, but it's annoying as F. 
Yeah, because everyone's coming. All the salespeople are coming over like, oh, oh that looks great. Do you, what about do you with this? Size? I'm like, leave me alone. And so I'm remembering another reason that I don't like to go shopping in person. Mm. But I, it's funny because I like walked into it as I was excited. Mm. Like, oh, I'm going to treat myself and go see if I can find some things for this um, trip that I'm going on coming up and then the trip in the summer. And like, that'll be really fun. And... It started in Aritzia where I just would walk out in something and immediately be like, no, that looks disgusting. That looks disgusting. <sighs> and the word disgusting. Yeah. In my own head. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And so then I bought the dress at Aritzia and then I was like, you know what? Let me go to another store and we'll see. So I go to another store. I think I went to Free People. And I started trying things on and I was like, that's my body? Mm. I was like, wait, what? And I kept going like from store to store to store being like, well, maybe this store will be different and maybe this store will be, will be different. But like none of them are different because it was still me. Mm. <laughs> like it was still me trying all the things on. And... I just felt hatred for my body. Mm. And it was a lot. And it was something that I hadn't felt that deeply in a really long time. Mm. And it was, it was like hatred. And so my immediate feeling was, well, just don't think about it. Go to the next store and try something else. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And then my next feeling was like just letting it, 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 it couldn't stop. Like the feeling didn't stop. <laughs> funny, funny Surprise. how that happens Surprise. when you're like, hey, I'm not going to feel this. And then of course it comes back up. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting, I will say, because I kind of got to a point Later in the day as I was walking outside of like, what if I like let myself feel that? And like, what is underneath that? Because it felt so ingrained, like so deep for me, this hatred. And like the fears that were actually coming up were like, why would anybody love me with this body? Mm. Like, why, how am I going to have like a career with this body? Mm. Um, how is anybody friends with me with this body? Mm. Um, and then the next thing that comes up is like, how can I fix this? Okay, so maybe like I have to have a plan in place right away. Okay, so I'm going to start doing this. It's fascinating because like these are patterns that used to come up a lot mm. for me. Mm. And it would be like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? Okay, so I'm going to get on this regimen and I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And yeah. yeah. And then the next thing was like, okay, what's the actual reality right now? I am possibly in the best state mentally that I've been in in most of my life. And I feel like I have the deepest friendships and relationships that I've had in my life. 
And so that is true. And so are those other things true of like, nobody could love me with this body? Yeah, as, as you were saying all of those statements, you were like, could anybody love me with this body? Could I have a career with this body? Would I, why would anybody want to be friends with me with this body? I love you. Clearly, duh. With this body, with anybody. You have an incredible career with this body. You have a man who loves you with this body. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things are fucking lies. And that is just the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, you are perfect with this body. Mm-hmm. Like, just as you were going through those statements, I was like, lie, lie, lie. I have proof for them to be lies. Mm-hmm. Like, my therapist always tells me, like, look for the truth. Like, what, what are the facts? What do we know? Yeah. And the next kind of thing that came up was this is obviously from a very deep place. Mm-hmm. a deep wounded place mm-hmm. and so if this was me as a little kid if this was like a little kid in front of me feeling this way and saying all of this like what would i do for them and what was that it was not negating it and saying no you're beautiful it wasn't like no don't feel that way it wasn't well, my body sucks more than your body, which I think is a thing that ha- that happens sometimes. Mm. It was, yeah, you might feel that way. Like, mm. that might be a thing that you feel. And also, like, I'm here, you know? Like, it's a real feeling and it hurts. That really hurts and it, like, feels so tied into worth. And I can't negate that for you. And so feel all of that stuff. And also, like, I'll be here for you the whole time that you are feeling that. Mm -hmm. And I think that I hadn't felt this in so long. And now, you know, being at the place that I'm at, emotionally and mentally and having all of these tools I went through all of those thoughts and everything but to be able to come back to like we're not going to solve this right now but it is important to like feel it Mm -hmm. and know that there's not going to be an answer right now you said that this is something that you these thoughts were things that you've had a lot in the past and you haven't dealt with them a lot recently. What do you think triggered them and brought them back up to the surface? Well, I first want to say that I think that I wasn't having those feelings for a really long time because of some things that like we've talked about on this podcast before of removing myself from triggering situations Mm -hmm. like removing those triggers and allowing myself to like step outside of them trying not to comment on my own body or other people's body not following people on instagram that that's like their brand and that's like the goal is to get a perfect body i think also me living alone the these past 
eight months, seven months. It's me by myself in my house and there's nobody there to comment. Not that my boyfriend has ever commented in any way like that. But there, I think that like being around other people, no matter who it is, there's a, a small portion of me that's like, oh, this person's probably thinking of my body or judging my body or doing whatever versus like, it's me alone. There literally is no value in my body, in the way that my body looks. There's value in my body is laying on the couch. My body is is cooking food. My body is doing a puzzle. My body is like engaging in a conversation. And I think that like being alone for that amount of time really helped to build that in me. I think that not buying as much stuff and the stuff that I have, I feel very comfortable in. I feel like it suits me. And so I think that kind of what brought it back was going and trying things on and like actually seeing my body in things that may not be flattering and also with very unflattering light and like there's all of these other people around me in the fitting room that may look different that do look different their bodies look different Mm. and so it was so charged and I had no idea that it was going to be like this I I was going in like excited Mm. and then it turned into this like whole Whole other thing fucking wormhole And it was scary to know that that was still there because for a long time I was like, my body is just along for the ride. Like I'm just living in my body. Yeah. And that felt really good. Mm -hmm. And this feels scary to like talk about, but I also think that that's why it's like important to talk about and recognizing that I have like quote unquote body privilege, I suppose, of like I am a small person where like smallness is valued in American society, which is a whole other thing we could talk about. But like, it's not about that. It's about this insidious thing inside of my head saying that my body is not good. Yeah, which is, I feel that all the time. I don't even know if I can talk about it. (laughs) But like, I've, spent so many years hating my body and uh, I really struggled with body dysmorphia like all through high school and all through college and probably still do to some extent and like I see my body as being something very different than what it actually looks like um, to other people and uh, for like the last year or so I haven't really been moving my body because I was dealing with all of this health stuff and then I got a concussion and then I wasn't allowed to do like any rigorous exercise. And I went from being a runner and like running half marathons and feeling good about my body in a way where I was like maybe actually way overdoing it and like not being kind to my body, but I felt good about the way that it looked to then feeling like I was a slob and like I was gaining weight and that didn't feel good. And then in the last few months, I've been moving my body again and like it feels good. But sometimes I notice myself like moving it and being like, I need to move it because I need to lose this weight that I've put on, not because it feels good. And that does not feel good. And then going to like group exercise classes and being and, like 
you walk into the room and you like look at everybody else and you see how fit they are or how how small they are and like you compare your body to theirs and it, it feels like shit when you're like oh I feel like I'm one of like the bigger people in the room and that doesn't feel good and like I don't feel good about my stomach because my stomach like because I'm all bloated because I'm about to get my period and like all of these feelings that can come up and that do come up for me and I look back at like these pictures from when I was at my most depressed and for me when I am depressed I don't eat and like I want to eat and I I like I have no appetite that's just how my body functions. Like some people are overeaters when they're depressed or when they're anxious. I don't eat. And I look at those pictures and I'm like, I look so good. Mm. And like clothes fit me so well. And like, I just felt good about the way that I looked on the outside. And I'm like, that's what I want to look like. And, and I was at my most unhealthiest. And like, what does that mean? (laughs) That's really shitty. Cause like, the way that I want to look is not the way that I want to feel in that body. So then what is it that I'm looking for? Because like finding the balance of like moving your body, which is so important and feeling shitty about your body and being like, why do you look like this? Like, I want you to look a different way. And then the meaning that we attach to the way that our body looks, the meaning that I attach to the way that my body looks is really destructive. It's so deep seated. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that, like, we can not want to feel those things. I am a feminist and I am more than my body. And my, my body does not determine my worth and all of those things. And also, it doesn't stop the feelings, <laughs> it doesn't stop the deep, shame and like the feeling like we constantly need to change and like conform into this specific body type. I remember for a while when like I wasn't in this place that I'm in now that I'm sharing about. But I I think I was like trying to come out of a phase of this. I would walk out the front door and I would like be paralyzed by like, well, I don't want to go outside because like I don't like my outfit. I don't like the way that I look. I don't like how my hair is. And I would just have to like force myself to walk outside, especially living in an apartment building where like the second you walk out of your front door, you're going to see your neighbors. You're going to see your doorman. Like you're going to see like a hundred people. And I'm like, I have I've always had like really dark circles under my eyes. So like, I don't want to go outside without putting some concealer on. And I just had to be like, Linda, your value is not how you look. And I just had to repeat that to myself over and over and over again. And like, it literally does not matter how you look. It says nothing about your worth. It says nothing about if people will like you. It says nothing about if people will want to look at you or see you. Just go outside. Literally just go outside. Because it was like inhibiting me going outdoors. And that me not going outside, huge impact on my mental health. And it's like a cycle because then clearly my mental health is already not in a great place if I don't want to go outside because I want to fix my hair first or I want to like pick out a cute outfit first. 
and then I'm not going outside. So then my mental health is like shot. Yeah. Uh, I know. Such a, <laughs> you know that feeling? Yeah. yeah. Well, even yesterday when I went, I got a fucking facial. Like, what was I thinking? It is what it is. But I got a fucking facial before I went <laughs> to try on clothes and I like my face was all banged up and this lady was like <laughs> scratching at me and yeah, pushing horrible, things out so. of my pores and my hair was all dirty and whatever but then I went to try on clothes and was expect I was expecting to be like oh yeah like you look great this is awesome <laughs> and like it was not proper conditions, but I also think that it was very um, fucked up and necessary mm. for that for me to have that mm. moment. Mm. You thought it was necessary for you to have the moment where you you had these thoughts. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Why was that necessary? Because I think that there are times where I'm like, well, that part's much better. That part of me is is healed, healing. Mm. And I know rationally that nothing will ever be completely healed. But I do think that it was a thing that had not been on my mind and that felt amazing. And I think going through that yesterday and going into a tailspin about it was important for me in remembering that there's still stuff to be done, but also important for me to practice all of this shit that I've been talking about of like, we're not just going to bypass this girlfriend. Like we're not yeah. just going to pretend like this isn't happening. And also like, let's look deeper. You're panicking. You're panicked. Mm -hmm. What is that about? Like, what's the feeling underneath that? that I will not be loved because of this mm. and allowing myself to do the fucking work of like, let me sit in this. Mm. <laughs> That's so fucking hard. Yeah. But it also like shows me my resilience of like, I sat with it. I went home and I didn't, I was like, I'm going to make myself a normal meal. And I'm going to sit on the couch and I am not, if I don't feel like exercising, I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to force myself into this grueling thing in order to like come out the other side the way that I think that I should be. Mm. Like, how can I love myself through this? And also like what, so all of that. What are the stories that are coming up for me? What's the story that I'm not going to be loved? And then what's the reality? Yeah. The reality is that so many people love me. And also I love me. Yeah. Like you and I were talking about this, but I feel like I'm in this phase of my life where I'm like, I really love me. Like I'm cool. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's like funny on one hand to like have that and then to let this superficial whatever thing come forth and ruin my fucking day and then I'm like chasing it down for hours of let me go to the next door and go to the next door and go to the next door and it's like girl you're not gonna fix this right now yeah I think because like there is something in you and two things can be true at the same time where you feel like I love me I love who I am like I'm learning to love myself and I'm still having these feelings because there is like a, a part of you that is attaching your worth to your physical appearance and the way that you look 
And like that, that is programmed into us. It makes sense that you're feeling that way, but also like, let's not push it down because there's more to be found there. And, and there's not necessarily an end point to that journey. Like that, that is like the journey of our lives, right? Like to truly deeply believe that we are worthy just because we are. Mm-hmm. And not because we look a certain way or we are a certain way or we ex- like exist a certain way. Like that is like the hardest thing I think that humans will ever have to do is like learn to actually believe all the way that we are just worthy because we are worthy. I don't know. Like I think that's the journey of my life. I don't know about everyone, but I could speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hardest thing. Yeah. And like, I also feel very much of what you were saying about this journey of like loving yourself where I feel the same way. Like I love myself a lot and I have moments where I'm like, I look amazing. I love the way I look and I love who I am and I love who I am in my friendships and I love who I, how I exist in the world. And like, I love my heart and I love that I'm funny. Like I love all of these things about myself and I have these moments where I'm just like, looking in the mirror, which by the way, I only have one full length mirror in my apartment and it is by my front door, nowhere near my closet because I don't want to look at myself all the time. Like where my mirror is in my apartment is not a high traffic area for me. Like I put it there on purpose Mm. because I'm like, I do not want to be looking in the mirror all the time. Like it's nice to have a mirror so I can see what I look like, but that is not a place that I want to spend too much time because it's not helpful and it, because it doesn't matter like it, do, it doesn't matter how i look yeah god damn it <laughs> <laughs> but it does matter to me that's and and there therein is like the it, there's like a what is it the antithesis of it because it's like i care and i don't care yeah yeah mm. i know and I have no answers. And we don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. I feel like I've been trying to like peel this back for a long time and like I was saying, I think that the first part of it for me was trying to remove myself from like the triggering things. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this next part is putting my hand on the stove. I don't know. Well, there is like a little bit of a there's exposure therapy right and there's value to exposure therapy but exposure therapy is not like jumping into the deep end when you can't swim right it's like or are afraid of water it's like you dip your toe into the pool mm-hmm. little by little yeah so maybe it is but like don't put your whole hand on the stove right away you nah. know? i put it on yesterday i need a, a moment today <laughs> yeah i think that being a friend or someone that loves somebody that's going that has these feelings or is going through this kind of thing or has any kind of insecurity i think that the overwhelming response tends to be like no you're not this you're not that you're beautiful you're this you're you're perfect the way that you are and i'm not saying that that is wrong But at least for me, that's not helpful because that's like bypassing it. I need to just feel this for a minute because I'm not going to believe whatever you say if I'm still in this place right now. I need a a second to feel this. And if I'm coming to you with this, I need you to just sit with it. Mm 
So it's funny because even I'm already thinking of like people listening to this episode and and maybe the comments that they'll say or people texting or whatever the hell. And it's like, please don't reach out and say like, no, you're beautiful. Please don't reach out and say, my body is worse than your body. Oh, God. No, but that but that is a thing, Linda, is that like, I think that especially in, I remember in high school with certain people, it's this thing of like, you're not allowed to feel that way because I definitely feel that way more than you. And mm. that I don't think that that is the intention behind it, but that's kind of how it comes off, I guess. Mm. Like, let me, basically just let me have the experience. Yeah. <laughs> let me have the experience. And also the best thing that you could do for me, I'll speak for myself, is just sit with me. But also if you feel a similar way for you to say that, as well don't compare don't negate just like sit and if you feel similar then I would say that that's the best way to go at least for me yeah yeah I mean I I agree with like I think just saying no comma anything (laughs) when someone tells you about something that they're struggling with like no that's not like is not helpful because it negates the experience that they're having exactly what you said but I think it, it very much depends on how it's said because if I'm like, I feel X, Y, Z about my body right now, like I feel like it's not looking the way that I want it to. Someone saying to me, I hear you. I feel that way too. So like sharing their experience about feeling that. And also I don't see that in you. That might be helpful. You know what I mean? Like being like, I see that you might feel that way, but like for example, one of my friends, she tells me all the time, like you are so beautiful, and like, and, and and she tells me specific things that she loves about me and the way that I look, and that makes me feel loved. But I think that also might just be my love language. Like my love language is words of affirmation. So like someone telling me in specifics, someone who knows me and loves me for who I am truly and has seen me at my darkest moments that knows me so well saying these are the specific things that like even about your outer appearance that are so beautiful that means a lot to me Mm. you know Mm -hmm. so I think but that is also very different from someone just being like no you're beautiful you know (laughs) there's two very Mm -hmm. different sentiments there yeah and there's two very like different depths of knowing about a person there too and there's not negating there either you know yeah definitely I mean there's like a specificity there and a trust there of like this person does know me to this depth that I can trust what they say whereas with other people it can feel very hollow exactly and I think for me that can be kind of the second phase of things Mm. someone saying something like that to me but I think the first phase of things for me is I hear you're feeling that way. And I feel that I felt that way too. That's really hard. And then maybe after that, we can do that. What you just said of like, you know, these are the things that I see in you. But I do think that when people, it, it really depends on the situation. But I think that if I don't have that initial bit, my insides are like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You can't have this. You can't have part B without part A. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that is a 
a really good distinction that you made of like who it's coming from. And the intimacy of that relationship too. Yeah. And being really clear about this is what works for me coming from this specific person. So maybe that's the person that you're going to call or you're going to go to. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of this episode out of the 35 minutes we're just going to cut because it's just like, ah! no. <laughs> me being like, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> well, because it so- does like, it feels so vulnerable because it is so much a part of my life. Like it is so much a part of my experience. I wake up every morning. I look at my body. I have these thoughts. Like it is, it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole fucking point of this podcast right is like we don't have to do it alone and we're all having these experiences like me hearing that you had that experience in the dressing room I'm like oh thank god I'm not alone you know and we don't want to stay there like we don't want to stay in that experience because Mm -hmm. that isn't good for our mental health either so I think thank you for being so brave to share that experience and for opening up that door because I think it's a really important conversation and it almost feels like to me like I don't want to talk about it because I don't have any answers and I feel like if we're going to talk about it on a podcast like we should have some sort of answer or we should have something like I'm scared of harming other people and like talking about my experience and I think that that's a lie like that's a lie I think just from my experience of hearing you talk about it and me feeling like this breath of relief of like, oh, I'm not the only one who feels this way. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the thing with the pod, at least with what you you and I have talked about, is we're not experts and we don't have answers. Yeah. And we're having thoughtful conversations around things that we are going through that other other people might be going through. And yesterday when I was going... Yeah, but I don't want my worst enemies to hear this and then use it against me. Well, that's real. That but might also, happen. <laughs> fuck you and leave me alone. Leave me alone. Whatever. What were you going to say, though? Just yesterday when I was feeling that way, my instinct was like, nope, shut off. We're shutting off. We're closing the valve. Yeah. And I was like, mm, that's um, a reason to keep it open. Mm. And a reason to to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, that's all that I have to say. That's all she wrote, folks. Matter. Um, This was a heavy one, but uh, we are a heavy people. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're gonna go. uh, Who knows what we're gonna do? Maybe we'll laugh. Maybe we'll cry some more. Maybe we will fart. Maybe. I just thought I would throw in a, a real humdinger <laughs> in there for us. Um, but if you've listened to all of this, please take care of yourself. Please listen to your body and ask it what it needs after this very heavy epi- episode. Episode. I- I'll speak for myself. After this heaviness, I need a good giggle. So I'm going to need us to giggle after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I-, I think just take care of yourself. Yeah. We love you. Love you all. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>